So today's guest is globally renowned makeup artist Kay Montano. She gives us her top tip for makeup success. To do your makeup in daylight. Encourages us to try a classic Chanel product uploaded by so many. I would always, always, always use Vita Lumiere. And then, you know, it's got finer and finer and finer. And even, I used to even use it on really, really young young girls. And tells us her favorite Chanel skincare range. Because of my age, I'm, I'm in the sublimage generation. <laughs> I love the sublimage range. It's really, it's basically made for women who are sort of, you know, 35 upwards, I would say. So here she is. Hello and welcome, Kay. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. A huge, huge thank you for coming on the podcast. I can't wait to get stuck into all of your advice because I know that you have tons and tons. But before we get into that, I just wanted to know about your beauty vibe in general and what your beauty cabinet is like at home. Is it full to the brim? Is it total chaos? Is it really streamlined? What is your style? Well, here's the thing. I mean, we've only got so many hours in a day. And I think when you do what I do, every job I do is an audition. So it's not the same as a nine to five job where some days you can come in a little bit, maybe not on top form because the last 364 days of the year, you've been really on it. So you can afford to have an off day. With my job, I have to be absolutely, give my hundred percent every single time I go to work, which is now why I don't work every day because I can't physically, psychologically do that for every single different client. Like it's an audition every single time. And the reason I mention that is because in my spare time if I were to be as perfect as I am at work in my spare time I think I would go completely insane so (laughs) you know you you have to be realistic in life and know where to pick your battles you know yeah so my downtime is about looking after myself and not being perfect you know and trying to do the other things in my life that work well for me so yeah my I have one room where stuff gets thrown (laughs) just launched into the room (laughs) Basically, yeah, because I, you know, to be fair, I mean, I'm very privileged in the sense that I get lots of stuff sent free because people want me to talk about it on Instagram and things like that. So if I'm in the middle of something and then bags get thrown through the, you know, sent, sent through the door, I haven't got necessarily half an hour to pack that up every single time I get a bag load. Half an hour it's going to take to, to sort that out. Yeah. So it ends up in the room, the dark place. The dark, the dark room. Place. The dark room <laughs> full of beauty products. So, yeah. So, no, in, in a, in a, that's a long way of saying, no, I'm not that organized. But what, in my personal, for my personal beauty, I am quite organized because I'm, I'm really into my edits. So I have an edit of stuff on my mantelpiece at home with my favorite skincare, my favorite perfume and a place where my hair stuff goes. And I've also got that downstairs because I'm always in a rush to go out and I don't want to go up and down the stairs. Oh, I like that idea. Well, that's very organized. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm making it sound organized. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it on the go. Very quick. Also having those yeah. products that you know just work for you, that you don't exactly. have to think about in the morning that you can throw on and you are good to go. Exactly. It's all about making the most of the time you have. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice. So let's get stuck into your five pieces of best advice then. And naturally, we need to start with makeup. So tell me, what is your best piece of makeup advice? My best piece of makeup advice, if I had to say one thing, it would be to do your makeup in daylight, because that's probably the only way that I can cover as many bases in one 
point because it's never one point. But if I had to do one point, it would be to do your makeup in daylight or at least pick your makeup in daylight. Choose the makeup that you're wearing in daylight, as in the foundation and the skin product. And I guess for color matching as well, that's probably a really important point. It's vital. Like if I go to work and often what happens when you go to work, it's very strange. The people that design makeup rooms, the people that actually put them in studios and environments where photographs and filming is done, they'll find the pokiest little room in the whole place. So it's always about daylight and going to the window and just checking. Exactly. And that's where you should that's where you should choose your foundation. So would you say if you're shopping for a foundation in store as well to try it on your skin, go outside, have a look in the mirror, see how it feels? Exactly. You bring a mirror, you bring a mirror, you try it out on the bottom of your cheek and, and neck, you go outside and you choose the one that blends seamlessly into your own skin tone. The one that you can't even really recognize because it's just becoming that second skin. The one that you can barely Mm. recognize. And if you want to look more tan, then do that with the bronzer, do that with the self-tanner well, you know, carefully another time. But don't, don't change your skin tone with foundation. Only experts can do that in very controlled settings for photography. And find the one that suits you. And what about your favorite foundation formulas and bronzer formulas as well? You mentioned them both. What are your go-tos? I would always, always, always use Vita Lumiere. The first formulation of Vita Lumiere was actually designed for older, well, mature skins. You know, that, that lovely term, mature skins, because it was very low in talc. It didn't have lots of talc in it. And over the years, Chanel have formed, you know, they've created many different formulations of Vita Lumiere. And then, you know, it's got finer and finer and finer. And even, I used to even use it on really, really young, young girls. And I remember Anne Hathaway, when she was younger, would say, oh, I love Vita Lumiere. She would use a darker one, but just really, really sheer. And like, they're going back, it's completely contradicting what I said earlier. She would use it as a tinted, she would use it with a moisturizer to tint, slightly tint her face. Because it was so lightweight and blendable. Yeah. Yeah. And it was creamy. So that's always been one of my go-tos. Chanel are amazing and they bring out so many different foundations. But that's kind of one of the ones that I always go back to is that formulation because I just find I like, I really like the colors as well of them. I love that foundation as well, by the way. It is so good and it just gives your skin such a glow, but it still feels like your skin, which is what I want for a foundation. Exactly. And then all of the other things afterwards, like, you know, I know a lot of women, um, they might, some women want to be glowing. Some women want to be matte. There are so many different types of aesthetic, right, that, that are available now. So I suggest like if you prefer a more of a matte finish, then I would suggest using a really good quality loose powder on your T-zone because cheeks shouldn't be matte. I really don't think cheeks should be matte. That's where the glow comes in. So it's about choosing, like, no, I don't ever want a glowing nostril. I don't want a glowing chin. <laughs> I mat, I always mat the nostrils around mat the nose. those areas down. Yeah. yeah, because it doesn't look, it doesn't look attractive to have a glowing nose, nostril for some reason. I don't know why, but it, <laughs> but a glowing cheekbone is really beautiful. So it's a T-zone that, that you can mattify with a fine loose powder and fine loose powders are the best way to avoid looking chalky and cement like. And how about those highlighters that you mentioned for really capturing the high points on your face? So the cheekbones, what are your kind of go-tos for that? Well, it depends on how your skin looks in the first place. So for instance, if you are very, if you have very dark skin, 
if you merely don't powder, if you just don't powder the skin, you will have very, very shiny skin. Like if you're a black girl, you, your skin will shine a lot more than if you're Caucasian. It's just the way that light hits the skin. So if a, if a black girl, for instance, just doesn't put powder on her cheek, her cheek will really, really shine. Whereas if you're Caucasian, you've got very fair skin, you're more likely to need to put a product on to get the same effect. So for instance, if your skin is on the matte side, you could use something like, you know, a multi-use, like a glow stick, a, you know, like Chanel have one called Bourne Essential. Oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah. I use it every day. It's so good. There you go. It's, it's a great product. And, you know, you can use that to really, really pick up the highlight on your cheekbones or on your eyelids or anywhere, really, because that's why it's, it's multi-purpose. It's wonderful for all of it. So you apply this as a last product and it just gives that really healthy, glossy glow. It doesn't like if you're in the light, like you said, outside and daylight makeup, you're not going to tell that that is a high shimmer highlighter. It's just glossy and glowy and natural. I love it. Yeah. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like you've got a product. It's not like a sort of, you know, like there's gritty. And would you say the same applies for bronzer? I know you're a fan of the. The Universal. Yeah. It's so good. Yes. I love it. It just gives such a good natural glow again, kind of more veering towards those creamy textures over anything too powdered. Absolutely. It's such a, it's such a clever product that one. I don't, it, it still stands alone and it's been around for ages. I can't remember it not being around. And they've introduced a darker shade for girls who are darker or want to be darker. I always tend to stick, you know, for my skin tone and for, you know, my paler clients, I Mm. I tend to use the the lighter one. But there's something about the texture of it. It's so user-friendly. And I think for a lot of women, they're frightened of using bronzer. It's impossible to apply it in a way where it goes patchy. It just doesn't go patchy. It's absolutely idiot-proof. And there there are very few products like that you know that just it just can't go wrong so all you need is a good brush and just chuck it on wherever the sun hits you and I love the brush as well that it comes with the kabuki brush the kabuki brush is lovely yeah Yeah, it's so good and it just and that everything you've spoken about as well I guess the Vita Luminaire the Balm Essential and the bronzer just gives a really healthy natural sun-kissed glow yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my dream. <laughs> that's all I want. Exactly. And so I think, you know, this really speaks to what we've been talking about, speaks to women who are frightened of bronzer, frightened of, of products. It's an introduction for them to be able to see that actually this is a something that you could do. You don't have to be brilliant at makeup to be able to do this and you will not look like you've got loads of makeup on. And let's talk about hair care then. What is your best piece of hair care advice? It's a tricky one, that, because we've got such different hair. Now, I'm half Caribbean. My father's from Trinidad, so I do not have the same hair as a Caucasian blonde girl. Do you see what I mean? So I think it's a it's a really tricky one, that one, because I can, if, it, if everybody had my hair, I would be able to just answer that. Yeah. And what about for your hair type and what do you find that really works for you? What I find works really well for me is to absolutely avoid detergent-based shampoo at all costs. You, I just cannot use it. I've learned that now. However, however rich my, my conditioner is afterwards, if I strip the hair with basically the same ingredient that Fairy Liquid has, it doesn't work for me. So basically, I only ever use shampoos from health food stores. So basically, I, a, lot of, a lot of people with curly hair, particularly if you've got curly hair and it's long, I've got long curly hair. So it's even the ends are really dry. 
So I don't even get shampoo at the end. I don't even, I, I use a little bit of shampoo at the roots and I use um, only shampoo from health food stores with no detergent. I look at the um, ingredients and I make sure there's no detergent. And then I use Kerastar's uh, mask every single time I, I condition my hair and I even put castor oil in it. <laughs> That's how dry my hair is. <laughs> oh, a little bespoke mix. I like yeah. it. Oh yeah. And then I'm con- every two days I have to put almond oil at the end, otherwise my hair literally will, it's, it's become sort of like a husk because it's very long. And is that not just natural almond oil you, that you pick up in a whole system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You, get, you get it from every single chemist in England. You get these cheap bottles of almond oil because it doesn't have to be the finest grade almond oil for your hair. You're not putting it on your skin. Well, you could put it on your skin. It is just almond oil, but it's about four pounds. I love that tip. Yeah. So where I'm spending a fortune on the Kerastars, I'm saving on the Jasons, which is very cheap. Yeah. Balance. Like it. And the almond oil and the castor oil, they're both very cheap products. And in terms of uh, caring for curls, do you have any other tips of kind of day-to-day? Do you like to switch it up from your day-to-day routine to say going out routine? Or would you say you stick with what you know? Um, I do mix it up sometimes. Like for instance, if, it, if I'm really going for something special, I will use heat on my hair occasionally. But because my hair is very delicate, curly hair is more delicate than straight hair. And if you have any sub-Saharan African blood in you, like me, your hair is more delicate and you, ha- it's more, you have to be more careful of using heat. So I can't blow dry my hair on the regular. I can't straighten my hair on the regular. And that's... That's a shame, but that's just the way it is. I would love to be able to blow dry my hair more often because I love it. But if I want to keep my hair long and I don't want it to break all around the edges, I have to avoid heat. But I will, if it's a special occasion, I will get the big, big tongs out and have big curls or straighten it. But it's very rare I do that. So most of the time in the day, I've got my hair in a top knot. Because I'm always, if I'm on a day off, I'm in the gym and then I'm at home online all afternoon and I don't really see people. And then in the evening, I will pull it down and it's kind of straightens it out if I pull it up into a top knot. So that's my, my sort of thing. So what is your best piece of skincare advice? My best piece of skincare advice is to exfoliate regularly. I think people still find exfoliation as something which is not, I wouldn't call it a fringe thing to do, but it's something that they've heard of that they know is quite good, but they maybe haven't adopted that into their routine. And I think it's a lot more simple than people might think. Like what I would say is get a muslin cloth. I believe in daily exfoliation. And by that, I don't mean like in the old days when I was a child, they used to sell us um, these dreadful scrubs with this really with really big crumbled stones basically they were they, you know and they were just you'd, you'd just be sort of rubbing these bits of grit over your skin <laughs> mm, very abrasive really abrasive and actually didn't do the job that just made your skin sore but they didn't take the top layer off soft, softly they didn't not the top layer but the uh the actual dead skin so the best way to actually get your the layer of dead skin off around, especially around your chin crease and around your nose and and cheeks, it can make your skin look very dull. And so often I'm working with people and they'll say, oh, my skin's really dry. I've got this, it's it's really rough. It's just dead skin. You just haven't exfoliated. So I really suggest every day with whatever cleanser is right for you, depending on your skin type, you know, if you've got very dry skin, maybe you're using an oily cleanser or, you know, a creamy cleanser. I'm best with a very gentle facial wash every day at night. And then I don't use it in the morning. I just splash my face in the morning. But at night I will use a muslin cloth with my facial foaming cleanser. 
and uh, really, really have a nice soft sort of rub around the, the cheek area and all over my skin, really. And that creates a much smoother texture to my skin and ensures that my that the dead skin has all gone. And also it stimulates your skin to you know produce more cells in the skin. What are your favorite formulas? Did you say it was the mousse, the Chanel? Is it the cleansing cream? Oh mousse? yes, well for me, because of my age, I'm I'm in the sublimage generation. <laughs> you know, so I, I love I love the sublimage range and it's it's a really rich sort of it's it's much more of a rich skincare line. And how do you pair that with your kind of evening routine? What are, do you have any other go-tos that you're loving at the moment? So my nighttime routine, I will love, I like using things like the Hydra Beauty range because the camellia water, it's called illuminating, but that's because it's got ever such slight light reflecting particles. And it's a very, very, it's almost watery. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Hydra Beauty range. It's got this lovely, lovely hydrating quality to it. And I put that on my cheeks because I always find it's my cheeks that get a little bit sort of dry. And I like my cheeks to be Plumped up, and I've also got my makeup kit because I often find that you know people I'm working with they're usually they're long haul flyers, you know, and I've often got to their face after a very long haul flight from the states. That's, that's very typical for me. So I'll use a Hydra Beauty Camellia Water as a refresher. Yeah. So it sounds like the same approach that you take with makeup, using say a patchwork technique to really focus on the different areas of your exactly. face and focus on what they individually need. That's right. And I think that's, you're, you're right. That's exactly how I go about it because I'm thinking about what problem needs, to be, what not problem, and these aren't problems, are they? But um, I'm thinking about what I can improve. And it's never, you know, your eyes might want to be darker. Your under eyes might want to be lighter. Your cheeks might want to be more glowing. Your chin might want to be more matte. Now you're not going to get one product that's going to, there's no intelligent product that's going to do all of those things for you. Make your eyes darker, make your under eyes lighter, make your chin more matte, make your cheeks more glowing, you know? So taking a targeted approach on those, yeah, different areas. Yeah, it's common sense. It's basically common sense. And I always look at it, I look at anything where there's choice. It's like, I look at it like cooking, you know, you taste it. It's not salty enough. You put a bit more salt in. Something needs to be sweetened, you sweeten it, you know? It's, it's like that. It's a common sense sort of attitude, I think. And that's something obviously that gets better with time. And this is all experience. This is something that, you know, has taken me many years to figure out. I mean, it didn't happen when I was 14, let me tell you. There were many, <laughs> many uh, ugly incidents along the line. <laughs> Not ugly, but, you know, big mistakes, shall we say. Well, we do finish the, uh, every episode on beauty blunders, so we will come back to those. Um, <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about your fourth piece of advice and talk about treatments then. What is your best piece of advice when it comes to treatments or the best piece of advice you've ever been given by anyone else? Hmm, gosh, let me think. I mean, this is obviously, this is very personal, but I mean, I think overall you would say everyone's got an opinion, you see. Every treatment person would have an opinion. Um, and it's not one size fits all. I think it's very, very, very important for each person to figure out what, what, what they want to look like and how they want to present themselves. And it's not for somebody else to, to advise you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know yourself. You know yourself. And, it's, it's in, and there isn't one way of doing anything. And I'm, I'm like many makeup artists in, in my industry, we're all rule breakers. We know that the rules follow us, if, if you know what I mean, as opposed to the other way around. We don't follow rules. I mean, we create our own rules, I suppose. And 
but that's more about what works and what doesn't work. I mean, when it comes to anything which is semi-permanent, I think you have to be really careful. You know, so if you're doing something like, um, let's use eyebrows as, as an example. If you're doing something like threading or plucking or, you know, in, in terms of shaping your brows, or if you're doing something semi-permanent, like uh, what, what do you call those eyebrows? Microblading. Microblading, and also the yeah. kind of powder brows now as well. Oh, I don't even know about that one. I think tread very carefully because the thing is, somebody might be very good. They might be technically good, but you've got to remember there's a difference between aesthetic and technical, being technical. So what I mean by that is, Someone might be brilliant at threading. Someone might be brilliant at microblading. They might be great at it technically, but what is their taste of eyebrow? Now, when it comes to the shapes of eyebrows and things like that, sometimes people think you can put one eyebrow on everybody, which I find so bizarre because that's when people look strange. You've got to go with your own eyebrow shape, not get someone else's eyebrow. Mm, and your own personality and how, yes. yeah, what works for you. I love someone like Sophia Loren who was told by Hollywood, you know, your nose is too long, your, your chin is too short. This, that and the other was wrong with her, apparently. But she all she did was make the most of it. She just it, it amplified the, her features. And she became one of the great beauties, but no way was she, was she, you know, the, the one that fitted the model at all. You know? Good for her as well. Imagine being told that. You'd be like, um, no, I'm oh, Sophia yeah. Loren. There's so many interviews of her, but she did that at the beginning. It's not like she, you know, she did that when she was being told that, you know, because everything's cookie cutter. You know, the world is driven by cookie cutter mentality until it isn't, until there's a, a, a person who goes, no, I'm going to be me. And uh, then they become the new norm, you know? Absolutely. And they're the people that we should celebrate. Exactly. Perfect. So let's move on to fragrance. And what are your fragrances that you kind of tend towards? You'd mentioned Chanel number five in the past. And yes, I love, well, I, love the, I love the original. Yeah, I really love the, I do love the original. I'll be honest. I love, I've got a little bottle of the original number five perfume in a little, in that beautiful bottle. That's, often my base you know I will just tap a tiny bit on I've got um, also got um ones for the hair if I'm my hair's if it, my hair maybe it needs a bit of a freshen up I spray it on the roots sometimes oh I love that idea yeah. that's a great idea as well to use a hair fragrance to kind of yeah amplify your scent so if you're yeah. wearing the Chanel number no. five body scent you can incorporate that yeah. in your hair and you're moving your hair all the time so it's yeah, exactly. that kind of fresh yeah. dose of fragrance whenever you waft around the room which is a really nice trail to leave exactly amazing so we end each episode with a bit of a light-hearted note and we talk about beauty blunders which you you know hinted on a little bit earlier do you have any funny beauty blunders from the past oh gosh oh dear do you really do you really want me to tell you absolutely I'm so glad that the note that digital imagery did not exist. No one, it's, there's very little proof of me <laughs> as a teenager in the eighties. Are you kidding me? Could you imagine? I mean, I had, I had white hair. I had fake hair. I had dreadlocks. I had, I had pink hair. I had, we used to use white foundation, like pale foundation. There was no olive foundation for me mm. when I was a child. And I've got olive skin. Mm. There was none. That's crazy. I was wearing whatever I could find in boots because they used to tell us that, you know, if you have olive skin tone, this will, this will change that. But they weren't telling you that you can't put that on your neck and your, your hands and your whole body. 
So what so what are you supposed to have this face that's not olive and then and then the rest of your body? <laughs> so but I just used to think that they knew what they were talking about because you believe in brands and branding. You believe it when you're a child. Yeah, of course. And you trust them, especially when you're a teenager and you're looking to buy into brands. Of brands course. that couldn't cater for your, you know, what your yeah. skin needs. So they'd say, Oh, well, your skin's sallow, you need to put this this on, you know. So I would change the the colour of my skin. I thought that my top lip was was too big and I should make it smaller. I did all that stuff. I had eyebrows that were overplucked. I had uh, lips that were drawn in the wrong shape for me. I had the wrong color skin base, really powdery. I mean, really bad. I mean, I don't even know where to start with everything that I got wrong. Honestly, any mistake that I've done it. (laughs) Oh, but I, I love that. That's rite of passage. You've got to do that. Totally, totally. I mean, I'm glad I wasn't, I, I certainly wasn't a boring looking teenager, that's for sure. I'm sure lots of people, I gave lots of people lots of entertainment over the years. <laughs> and you were intrigued by beauty from the get-go, right? So you've got to, you know, try those things on. Exactly, intrigued by image, really, you know, just style and image, yeah. Yeah, and that has led you on to absolutely amazing things. So I like to think so, I hope so. It has indeed. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all of your amazing advice. It was a joy to chat to you. And thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> Have a lovely day. 